Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think might be underrated, underseen, or sometimes, well, we just want to talk about them. I'm your host, Josh Allen, and I'm joined... As ever, by Alice Oliver. Alice, how are you doing? You all right? I'm very well, thank you, Josh. And yourself? No, I'm not. I'm just really concentrating really hard. Really hard. Just looked like I was dozing. I just got my glasses on with those fake eyes. Then you'll never know. (laughs) Groucho Marx disguise. Exactly. Are you doing all right? You're okay, apart from being out of sleep? I'm very well. Apart from the snoozing. It is past your bedtime. It is way past my bedtime, this one. Come on. You're it's lucky I'm still after, up. It's after seven, guys. Um, I know, man. Struggling it. <laughs> um, anyway, so we are joined by another fantastic guest. Uh, he's a comedian, he's a writer, he's a podcaster. He's loads of things. Uh, Carl Donnelly, how are you doing, man? Are you okay? I'm very well, thank you. How are you too? Yeah, good, good, good. I must say, before we start, as with last week, I still have a little bit of a cold, so sorry for the sniffling. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll solve John Alice, do you know what I mean? Oh yeah! Oh, I, I, what a hero! I, I don't like to call in. Guys. I don't like to call in sick. You know what I mean? And I don't like to no, reference it either. Um, no, but, not at all. But, don't like going on about it for two weeks on the bounce. Yeah. yeah, do, you, yeah. do you remember when I remember when I sw- sprained my ankle about two years ago? Oh, yeah. and you sent me the pictures. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you, and I've just not stopped referencing about it. Though. Yeah. Well, you know, three three hours in a and a was bliss. <laughs> Um, anyway, um, uh, Carl, if you don't know, we always start these episodes with a completely uh, random question. So I'll come to you first, Alice. This is from Fenric Wolf uh, on, on Instagram. Um, so hello, Fenric. Thanks for getting in Hi, touch. Hi, uh, Or Fenric Wolf might be your full name. I'm not sure. Um, so Fenric Wolf asks, what is, what is the least erotic fruit or vegetable, Alice? Big one, that. It's a big See, one. The, the least erotic. Least That's erotic. That's difficult. That's difficult because they've all got something to offer. But I suppose if you're just okay. looking at it, I mean... They've all got yeah, something to offer. They've all got something to offer and I'll go through them all if you want. But the, the I guess, because obviously pineapple is delicious, but you couldn't look at it in an erotic way due to its shape and its spiky bits on the top, right? But doesn't it have so, an erotic um, use? Pineapple. No, oh. not really. Well, no, not I thought, really. but isn't there that old wives' tale that is that like an oh, aphrodisiac? God. Oh, yes, well, I, no, know the, I know that. I know that. Apparently, you makes your sperm taste better. <laughs> taste good, yeah. Now, see, so, now I mean, that is erotic. That's pretty erotic. Yeah. Oh God, I don't know if there is any non-erotic fruits because I think like, oh well, obviously kiwi fruits look I... awful, but they could look like testicles. And then like, oh, well, passion fruit is just a big slop in the middle, but you passion, know, nice and squelchy. Says so, passion in it. Passion as well. Yes, that is a hard one. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, you can rule you? Out, obviously you've got to rule out like aubergine i think we can we can that's a vegetable isn't it isn't so that a vegetable? it's fruit or vegetable 
Oh, with, with oh if it's got vegetables. Oh, that's, oh, yeah. fucking most of the vegetables, man. <laughs> Cabbage. Ugh, come so on. basically, lots of fruits are sexy, no vegetables are sexy. All the fruits are sexy. <laughs> This is yeah. the new thing. Fuck the M and M's. It's all yeah. about the fruit. It's all about Sexy the pineapple. Fruit. <laughs> so, what about you, Carl? I want to know. I reckon well, you've I mean, got I a good answer I've to now, this. I, I, I had loads in my head, but now once you said actually, because I, I think you can't think about them as no, they're multifunctional, aren't they? I was thinking of a big watermelon <laughs> has nothing to offer, <laughs> but the moment you open it, it's a juicy thing, isn't it? It's like, yeah. like a lychee from the outside looks like a little fucking dragon's egg. But, lychee, but a lychee, you show. open it, and it's you know it's one of the sexiest things I've ever seen. <laughs> Just in a Chinese restaurant after your meal. Oh, got any lychees? So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it's I think it's actually a very hard question. I'd probably go for a a root vegetable. Just uh, a root vegetable. You know, yeah, potato. No one's no. I can't. I find it hard to believe somebody's uh, going to find a, a, a potato sexy. I don't know. Chip. I think. I've I mean, chips, many, yeah, chips are yeah, good. But I've spent I think many a generally... night in the chippy. See, 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 I suppose. It's horses think, for courses, isn't it? I think generally just vegetables are less erotic than the fruits. <laughs> yes. So I don't even think there is a fruit. They're all beautiful. Asparagus. Beautiful. Oh, that makes your wee smell smelly wee, isn't it? Different. Yeah. 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 So, I suppose you, anything of that shape you could essentially ram up your butt so, <laughs> you know, let's be honest you can make anything erotic if you try hard enough I've always said that anything's a dildo if you try yeah. hard enough <laughs> clip, clip that yeah. um, what would I say so I, I saw the question uh, pardon, the, pardon the phrase but I saw the question come in um, and I would say uh, peas Oh, Pe- no. Peas yes. aren't, aren't erotic. That's quite you true. can't. No, there's no, no way of eating peas in a sexy way. That's absolutely because even accurate. like you know, mm. put corn on the cob. You can make that sexy, dripping in butter and all that yeah, sort of yeah, stuff, yeah. Or, mm-hmm. or marge mm-hmm. or whatever. But but peas, you, they're, they're gonna fall off your fork. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I mean? If you're on a first date and you're looking over and you're like, I can't have peas here. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Especially because no I invent. Has no one ever mooted the idea of sucking them up for a straw? Has that ever no. been suggested as a way of eating peas? I kind of what could... bubble tea is, isn't it? I mean, yeah. they did it with that. I'm sure they could do it with the peas. They have a special bit of cutlery, don't they? Like you get a sort of um, like a ramen spoon. <laughs> I'm thinking of a pea <laughs> uh, straw. A pea, stra- a pea, pea straw. straw. So it's just like, hey, mate, have you, um, have you, got, the, have you got any pea straw? <laughs> just, over, just, to just, just, over there by, the just over there by the ketchup, mate. <laughs> oh, the, the ketchup. I just... <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah I'd, I'd say peas but then I've also only mm. just re- recently my partner takes the piss out of me all the time I only recently learned the best way to eat peas <laughs> right. oh, yeah, so from that. being a kid I might have already told you this Alex I was a scooper right and I never realised you went like that side on on the side no I had them fork. onto the yeah. onto the fork right. um, I was a scooper so they would always fall off my fork off so maybe right. that's why I'm saying peas yeah yeah. yeah. So anyway, <laughs> peas is my answer. So I did think you, that's a good show. Yeah. So you saying peas as well, Alice? I'll join you over there with the yeah, peas. So yeah. are we saying unanimously peas aren't sexy? Yeah. Peas are not sexy. Right, we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get letters <laughs> letters from the pea, from the pea people. Big green yeah, giant. Big is like, pea. No, he's sweet corn, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, we're taking down big pea. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay then, so we will move on to talking about this week's film then, uh, which is uh, Major League from 1989. So if you've not seen it, spoiler warnings for that. Um, Carl, you picked this one. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what it's about and then why you picked it? Right. Um, well, it's a, it's, it's a classic sports um, sort of rites of passage film. You know, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a lovely heartwarming story of some underdogs done well. Uh, it, I mean, it's it has aged somewhat <laughs> badly. Um, it's about a team that f- were formerly known as the Cleveland Indians, a baseball mm. team, and they've recently, in the last two years, due to growing uh, pressure, uh, have changed their names to the Cleveland Guardians. Right. Um, I think after about a 35, 40 year um, <laughs> protest. They finally uh, realised that we, maybe we should be. They wore them down. You know, they wore them down. <laughs> yeah, you know it's like the Red Sox and all that. Yeah, there's that weird thing in. Yeah, American sports has uh, recently started to address that. But anyway, but I, the, the thing is, this film is basically about a team, a uh, baseball team. They're they're pretty low down the league. They get uh, the owner dies, and his very wealthy and horrible wife takes over as the sort of owner, and she has an idea of making the team go so bad that they can up sticks and move to Miami because she's been offered a deal to move the team. Because mm. in America, they do that weird thing where you can move a team. Yeah. Like, you know, team suddenly just moves state. So she's been offered a, a, a move to Miami, but the only way she can contractually do it is if the attendance to the stadium drops below a certain mm. level. And uh, yeah, to do that, she basically puts together the worst team she can. She convinces her general manager basically to just get on board and they just buy all the worst players they can think of. <laughs> and then... They obviously then the team finds out, and then it brings them together, and they go on a run right up to the World Series final. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a lovely, so it is a lovely um, story. But yeah, I, I do, I will say that it's a film that I loved when I was a kid. Watch it all the time, and then I now watch it once a year. Do you? Um, I've actually got a tradition at the Edinburgh Fringe of watching it with comedians John Hastings and Jimmy McGee. All right, and um, but every year I watch it, it does show up a new problematic <laughs> area of the film <laughs> like it's it's really um, yeah there's ish there is there is some issues now that i'm like Ooh. <laughs> but i've got i'm so in love with it from childhood that i can't let it go oh yeah yeah we're all guilty of that yeah we've all we've all got those films we've, we've even done some of that era as well i will say that era of sort of um knockabout comedies there was some there was a lot of that knock like going on Ooh. have you ever seen soul man the famous oh, no, I don't no. think I comedy C. Thomas Howell comedy. That, uh, it was um, it's brilliant, but it's it, the story is <laughs> unbelievable. Is that, it's about um, a guy. Is, do you know is what it, it is? It is blackface. Yeah, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I said that as if like, I'm going to go, but, um, <laughs> but I sort of am. But like, because it isn't like he doesn't. It's it's a. It's a I mean, it was not. It's got a real like. The idea of the film and what they're trying to say is actually very progressive. Mm. <laughs> it's about a very wealthy, privileged white kid right. whose parents decide to give him a start in life and not give him that ego of a privilege. They decide to not pay his tuition fees to Harvard Law School. I so see. what he does, he um, and <laughs> this is the bit that is bad, he finds out that there is a scholarship going for the most gifted black student from his area. Oh. So what he does was he, he has a friend who works at a medical lab laboratory that are doing some tests with very strong tanning tablets. Oh my goodness! And he overdoses on the tablets to the point where his skin turns a dark enough beige that he can pass wow. as 
a black boy and uh, he gets the scholarship and he lives as a black guy at the University of Harvard and while there he encounters so much racism that it makes him realize what he's done and mm. what he's done wrong and how 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 privileged he is and how horrible black students have it at Harvard and you know it's actually so fundamentally what they're saying is good but the way they do yeah. it is problematic mm. and I think a lot of major league does that as well mm. it's that era where like you know it, it, it just it, I think they, they've got good intentions yeah. but you're like oh but now yeah. it doesn't really work <laughs> so so in terms of why you picked it then do you think it's underrated or, or underseen or do you just want to talk about it well I do think it's underrated I think it's a really funny film with certain actors doing some of their best comedy work mm. Like, um, like Wesley Snipes is in it and it was a very early Wesley Snipes film mm. and he's really funny in it. He's got, he shows that sort of charisma that turned him into being quite, you know, a massive Hollywood mm. film star before it all went a bit wrong. Like, um, <laughs> it's Charlie Sheen at his absolute peak. Mm. That sort of, you know, it was a couple of years after Platoon where mm. he'd suddenly established himself, not just as this young, good looking guy. He was actually, he could act as well. Mm. It's got Tom Berenger in it. It's like it's got a really good cast. Does, it's got, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the problematic characters is a Cuban um, <laughs> exile <laughs> who uh, is played by the guy who went on to play the president in Twenty Four. Dennis Hayes, but uh... Uh, yeah, and um, and he plays a uh, yeah Cuban who does voodoo, <laughs> and that bit is that's an issue. Uh, some of the language around that, but yeah, it's got loads of good actors in it, and like it's it's just a really good cast. And everyone really, I think, nails it. It's very funny. Mm. Okay, okay. Uh, Alice, had you seen this one before? Had you heard of this one? Had not seen it, had not heard of it. I could have hazard a guess that it was going to be about baseball, and I was correct. Uh, but no, no, not seen, not heard. So already, possibly, underseen. Uh, what about you, Josh? I reckon you probably haven't seen this. I'd, I'd heard of it, but hadn't seen You've it. You've heard of it, okay. Yeah, I think I'd heard of it, and I think I'd heard it referenced in, a, you know, conversations around, probably like mm. around Charlie Sheen or late 80s films, or one of those ones I've seen referenced in wider in wider things. But I, I had not seen it, no. And I, like you guessed it was about baseball because when mm. i say i'd heard that i think i'd heard of the title mm. you know and, and and not much more so well let's let's get stuck into it then so we'll come to you first alice what what did you think overall so i i didn't love it okay i just but i think <laughs> and but i've been really interested about this because i really want to hear what carl has to say and, and hear your perspective on it because obviously like you say you saw it when you were young and that yes. has such a profound effect on people and their love of films. Like we talk about it all the time. Some of our favourite films that we've done on the podcast are ones that we were just obsessed with when we were kids. And you, do, it's hard to let go of that. But for me, I just, I felt like maybe I wasn't, I wasn't the intended audience and I struggled to get myself in the mindset of the intended audience. And I think maybe I, like a lot of it, I just didn't get it. And it, it just kind right. of went over my head. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there were things in there that I did enjoy and that I did appreciate. So I'll touch on some of those now. So I love the concept and I love the story. So it's the underdogs making it against all the odds, right? And then you've got the villain who's trying to break their spirit. And I really love her character. So Rachel Phelps mm. is the, the the widow who's taken over the team. She's like this no-nonsense kind of gal trying to make it in a man's world. And she's mean and she's ruthless. But I thought she was great. And I thought she was really entertaining every time she was on screen. Um, I love that it's set in Cleveland. 
like so many films oh New York or San Francisco yeah. LA it's like now we're going to do this in Cleveland so that's always a joy to see a different landscape and see you know other places represented on the screen and some of it I did find really funny so there's a bit where they've got a they've got to do an American Express advert. So they're, they're doing an ad for American Express and they're sort of acting it out and reading their lines and stuff. That was really funny. That was like some real like deep like satire going on, which I really enjoyed about like commercialization of sports and all that. So that was good. Um, you also get these little snippets throughout of like fan reaction when they hear a piece of news about the team. So we move away from like the main thread of the narrative and from the main characters. And you go, you see these guys like in a diner talking about the team or you see these guys on a construction site talking about the team and I really enjoyed those and I thought they were entertaining and the fucking janitor from Scrubs was in there and yeah, I was like is. oh He's my on the god main guy, yeah. there he is looking about 20 years 30 years younger whatever it is now um and the other thing that I really enjoyed and found really entertaining was the commentator. So the guy who's commentating yeah, on all the matches. <laughs> and well, he was a real, he's a real commentator, a real famous commentator. I thought he was. I thought he was because the Bobby voice. Bobby Uecker, I believe, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, so he's huge then. He's huge in America, mm. isn't he? Um, and he was great. And, and he's just this overt alcoholic. And he's just kind of like just doing what he wants and says what he wants all the time. And every time he was on screen, I felt like I could really feel the energy of the film, like really lift. And I just found him so entertaining. Um, there were a couple more things as well, but I'll, I'll slow down a little bit now. Um, Carl, what are, what are some of your favourite things about this? Like if... Well, weirdly, that, 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 I, I do think the style of it is very interesting. Mm. It's not a standard just sports film or even it's not even like made as a standard sort of late 80s comedy that thing you say where it does cut it has these weird intermissions of almost musical intermission and then there's cuts to the fans talking and you watch it you watch the rise of them and the the mood of the city change over the film and it cuts back to almost give you a little commentary from the people that live there mm. and it's a really lovely way i think it's a really lovely little um tool that they use and because uh, it was directed by the guy who did The Sting, Do you know oh, The yeah, Sting. It's yeah, great. Rob, it's a brilliant film, a and a really stylized. Like music's used really well in that, and I think it shows in this. I think he, after this, he sort of went a bit more. Like, I want to, it's weird to say mainstream. <laughs> it's just a major league, but um, but yeah, I think stylistically, I've always loved that, and I feel like that thing of it. Yeah, you do get a sense of Cleveland because again, like, I watched it as a kid who I didn't know anything about baseball, and I, the only thing I knew about America was from films and again like you say it was all new york or you know some weird big forest area you'd see in another film or <laughs> um los angeles hollywood like beverly hills cop type Ooh. stuff and um so yeah to see just an industrial sort of run down working class part of america was actually quite refreshing and um and yeah cast wise i just think the cast is excellent i just you know i do have a quite a major charlie sheen soft spot in terms of his acting and that period that period you know not his yeah you know, i think he has he has somewhat tarnished his reputation over the years but um but you know he was there was a hot period you know when he's yeah we pop he literally started as that little sort of what cameo in um ferris bueller's day yeah. off was probably where i first saw him and then that little late 80s platoon this he did that weird film, The Wraith. I yeah, remember loving Wall that. Wall Street. That was like his first solo. Then Wall Street. Yeah. And then he had this sort of six, seven year hot streak of doing some real seminal, mm. you know, films of that time. So I loved him. I always loved Tom Berenger. I thought he was brilliant. 
He's just a quality, good old fashioned actor, isn't he? And, it's a great cast, um, isn't it? It, 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 it is. It is. It's cast. funny, and there's that the Dawn, who's uh, I've forgotten the actor who plays Dawn, who's like the, you know, somebody who's sort of made his money, he's given up caring, just basically is waiting to it's retire. Corbin Benson. Yes. And all he wants to do is play golf, <laughs> and like it's a great character to have a bloke who's just like he's been a professional baseball player, made loads of money, he's wealthy, doesn't want to get injured, he just can't yeah. be asked. Yeah. <laughs> And like, it's, yeah, just, and where's you got these like, and these hungry young players? I just, I just think it's a really lovely dynamic for a film of all the, all these, all the best sports films have that, you know, motley crew group of people that are, you know, better than the sum of their parts. Mm. So I think, and, it, and I think in this, it, it, this really works for that because they, they nailed every bit of casting essentially. That really sweaty old pitcher. I've forgotten his name. <laughs> Sorry, the guy who plays oh, the other the, pitcher. The guy is um, he's he's very Christian, and he, ra- he has yes. a, he's, he's <laughs> so just a sweaty his, his old uh, is, end of like, career guy. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the actor's name. I think he's called Vaughn. I think the character. He's got great. Him. He's been a load. He's always <laughs> pops up in stuff. That guy as well. Yeah. But yeah, but I just remember just loving everything about it, and it does have that great climax of you know spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it in the last what 30 however four years since it came out but um there is a scene at the end when charlie sheen is introduced to the fields when he wasn't meant to be playing and I, that scene still almost makes me cry with excitement Aww. like because it just captures how i remember seeing it when i was a kid and it, they start singing wild thing, and it's like <laughs> and i just i even like, i watched it because i've probably not watched it now in a couple of years probably about two years i think since last time i watched it and i watched it last night mm. And I just, I, I, I still just love it. And that scene comes on and I just feel like it's just, I get tears in my oh, eyes. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's definitely, oh. so do you think nostalgia's doing a lot of the heavy lifting or do you think you still, you still find a lot of stuff? <laughs> Loads <in> of heavy, <laughs> and so much heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah, but. You know, it is ultimately just a knockabout comedy sports um, film. It is, but I think there's a lot to like in there. I think like you said, it's, there's, the cast are great, but not only the cast are great, I think, and I'll come on to this in a little bit as well, there's some really good stuff they do with genre, but also the, the cast all have their little moments to shine, so not many, for quite often sports films, they don't they don't balance all the sort of lesser plot lines as well. Whereas this, like you say, you've got the you've got a couple of key characters. One who's a player who just wants to retire, so doesn't want to get injured, can't be bothered. Another one who is really concerned with what he's going to do after he retires. So he's sort of now seeking a woman who who left him or he left. Oh, and Rene Russo and and, and, and Rene well. Russo is great in it. Then you've got like you say younger 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 players played by younger actors who then went on to be big stars like Wesley Snipes and Charlie Sheen. So I I. I, I actually, I really enjoyed it. Did it remind you of The Replacements, Alice? Massively. That's one of my main <laughs> notes, is how much it reminded me of The Replacements. What's The Replacements? So, oh, let me tell you uh, about oh, The Replacements. God. So, Keanu Reeves and Gene Hackman, Andrew C. Vans, John Favreau, a few other guys, Orlando Jones. So, it is about an American football team. The American football players, loads of them have gone on strike, basically. Right. So they've got to bring scabs in to play the games. What so they bring in all this? these. So late they bring nine, in all these 90s, scabs. I late, uh, late. Right I think back on two thousand, possibly. Oh, was it? Yeah. So they bring in these scabs. The scabs are, you know, at <laughs> this ragtag group of guys. Some of them are has been. Some of them never were. Like working in diners. Some of them in prison. All this stuff. And they come together and they're doing shit and they're terrible on the field and they're throwing up on the field and beating each other up and it's all bad. But then they 
they call their way to victory oh. and it's it amazing is, and then Heroes is. by David Burry plays at the end oh, and they God. win the match I've and it's so, oh I've my God. so hard <laughs> oh my God. but it is just I, this I film but American football it's, yeah. it's super similar <laughs> it's like even down film. to the way because uh, when they're talking about the different uh, baseball players that they're going to get in to make up this team, this new team. The way that we we sort of see the players in their life, what they're doing now. Also, oh, Charlie Sheen's in prison. This guy's working here. That guy's retired. Whatever. And then when they start arriving at the field, and you've got the coaches there to sort of welcome them, and they go, "Oh, that's this guy. He did this, and yeah, he was yeah. like this, and he was like that." And that is, it's almost frame for frame. I really like the replacements. <laughs> I, you definitely feel like the replacements has taken a lot of um, <laughs> sort of taken a lot of inspiration from this. I reckon, but that, I enjoyed that part of it as well, and that's really fun. And then you've got Charlie. Sheen's character, Va- something Vaughn, isn't it? Uh, yeah, um, Rick Vaughn. He- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Rick Vaughan. Uh, that's who Vaughan, as I said, it was the old picture. I can't remember the old up, pictures. <laughs> and he turns up on the back of someone's motorbike yeah, yeah. with a, just with a bin bag of stuff. There's a, like, there's on a it, line where like... he says that. Um, he gets out and he starts walking down. So obviously, he's got the jagged hairline and he's got earrings yeah. and he's got the ripped yeah. sleeves <laughs> off. And it, there's a bit where one of, the, one of the coaches just goes in this really gruff voice. He goes, look at this fucking guy. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> and that is a line that me and my friends uh, quote. Like so often, like, like me, Jimmy McGee, John Hastings. Whenever we're together, if somebody walks nearby who has anything interesting going on in their look, yeah. one of us will just go, "Look at this fucking guy," <laughs> and, and the other two will just laugh. That. It's a real like it's oh, really seeped uh, into our sort of how we speak to each other, our lexicon. Proper high school, that in it. Yeah. Oh, haircut. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I also love that that, that Charlie Sheen's a, a, an ex-con and like he's meant to be this 
Yeah, real naughty. Well, essentially, all he's got is an earring and no sleeves on his shirt. Like, he's, and he's actually <laughs> yeah, really yeah. nice. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. What I like about that, is, that bit is that Wesley Snipes' character just turns up. Yeah, yeah. No. Do we ever find out no, why just, he turned up? He's like, think you so. weren't invited, yeah. and he's just trying to blag his way in. Willie Mays Hayes. He does whatever he wants. Willie Mays Hayes. Yeah. Because there are two sequels to this, aren't yeah, there? Yeah, and I've I've only ever oh, seen number are, two, yeah. and it is not good. Mm. Oh, is it not? Oh, and then the third no, one's really? like got no one no. in it, or it's it's like it's got just Dennis oh. Haysbert in it, or something like that, and it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the second one has got all the. So it spawned a franchise, yeah, a, yeah. the major league there cinematic universe. Um, so anything else, Alex? Anything else you particularly liked about it? No, that was that was going to be my final point. Was all about the replacements connections, and <laughs> I reckon Carl, I really, I, I, it's not. It's not often that I would ever recommend the replacements to anyone because, again, I know a lot of the nostalgia for me is doing a lot of the heavy lifting, but I reckon you might love the replacements. I do think a sports film is like my guilty pleasure, no matter how bad yeah, it is, you know, yeah. or not bad. I mean, but a lot of them are just sort of fine, you know, Coach Carter, the, you know, something like Any Given Sunday. <laughs> Any Given Sunday is not that good a film. But I watch it, and by the end, I'm just like, I don't even know anything about American football. I'm just crying. Yeah. And I, I, just, I don't know what it is. There's something about, uh, it's like sports documentaries. I love them as well, even if I don't know anything about the person involved yeah. or the sport. So I think yeah. this, yeah. I was like that with, um, I put Free Solo on. Yeah, in Free amazing. Solo. Uh, have you seen that, Alice? I haven't, no. Should, that it's, just, it's a guy who's a, a free climber. And he, oh. he, he, and he, and you watch it and you're like, this guy's mad. He's also really annoying as well. So part of you yeah. is like, <laughs> he absolutely falls, if I'm honest. Yeah. And then, and then towards the end, you're like, go on, get up, yeah, get yeah, up yeah. the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah, think you yeah. become an expert in climbing. You're like, oh, he almost slipped on that jagged edge. <laughs> yeah. But I would say in terms of <laughs> no loving sport films on. and this style of film, this would probably be my, the origin story of that. I would say watching this when I was seven or eight, <laughs> well, I was born in 82, it came out in 89. I reckon I did see it when it came out, not at the cinema, but when it first hit the video. Because uh, at the time I was living next to a, a video shop and basically my parents, you know, wasn't the most responsible parenting, but they had a deal with the guy who owned the shop that I could just go and hire any film I wanted, no matter what um, age rating, which was great because I had an older brother. So I was already watching a lot of adult, like, you know, I was watching, I got into horror when I was about yeah. nine because like, I got to watch all the great horrors. Mm. So I used to just go and hire just countless films over the weekend. And, um, and yeah, so I remember I, I would have probably seen this in like 90 when I was eight. And I reckon this was like the, the yeah. seed was sown that, I will cry at every single sports film ever ever released. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like you said, there's something... thing is with sports films, a lot of them are really formulaic, but the formula yes. is successful for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's definitely at play here. So for, for me, I thought it did a quite a good... What I thought it did a good job of was it balances being a comedy and being yeah. a sports film at the same time. So you have a lot of good comedy moments in there, but which with the feel-good side of a comedy, but then you also have some really good tension building and some good triumphant moments as well. So you almost get double yes. feel good because both genres have that feel good element. And I think that's definitely got to be, that really lends itself to nostalgia, that that triumphant feeling of a sports film and the feel good nature of a comedy. Um, and I, I also like back to what you guys were saying about the, the sports fans. I thought I've never been to a baseball game, but I've been to, to other sports and I, I thought it captured the mm. feeling of being in a stadium quite well. That idea of being stood around and because quite often 
when you watch sports films that the or if you if the if you see the fans, it's like playing FIFA. They're all just staring <laughs> straight forward, going yay. Whereas in whereas if you've actually been to a football game or a rugby game, yeah, people do talk. You'll be in a game they're like. He's fucking shitting like uh, like talking to people. Like I was at a game the other week. I went to it. I I I I went to a football game the other day because my mate had a spare ticket. And the guy went, "Oh, referee, you bald bastard!" And the guy in front of him was bald, and he went, "Sorry, mate," but that, <laughs> straight out of the gate without oh, even man. like without without even flinching. You bald bastard. Sorry, mate. it's not personal. Like that sort of thing. Not personal. Not Where, personal. But, but in this, they do have that thing of everyone talking, and then that that filters in. Back to what you were saying earlier, Carl, about like how it what it does is it tracks the progression of the team through the fans, not only in the stadium but in the city. So yes. it's almost like it's all rolled into one identity. So you get people that start being like, "Oh, they're rubbish," and then "Oh, they're a bit better," and then "Oh, I love them," like at the end or whatever. So I really like that. And like you say, yeah, it is yeah, formulaic, yeah. but I think it's it, it's it's a winning formula for a reason. As I say, in terms of genre, I thought it did really well to, mm. to balance the two. I enjoyed. Um, lots of the different gags like there's a really good visual gag with the plane that they've got to one of their games and they're like oh that's the plane and this absolutely awful plane comes into shot um i did i also thought it did i don't know what you'll reckon about this alex because i know what it's one of our big things one of our big bugbears is uh, is a film overly spoon feeding you whereas Mm. i think this does a good job of showing them getting better and why they needed to get better and why they were bad and all that sort of stuff without being too obvious about it Mm-hmm. and without so, talking about yeah. it all the time without that being the yeah, main yeah, yeah, thing yeah yeah, yeah totally and totally. Little, there's nice little bits like it turns out like Charlie just needs glasses little things <laughs> yeah. like there's funny little things where you're like oh, that's another way of doing it like you know just, uh, yeah I, I think it's um yeah there's not too much there's no, it's not too much in the stadium though either that's what I like as well it is mm. you know intermittent yeah and it does cover all of their sort of personal stories as yeah. well as them being 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 on the pitch as well. So is there is there anything else you particularly like about it, Carl? Or is it all nostalgia and all the, that it's a good comedy and all that? I genuinely think it is just it was I I you know I just saw it yeah. at the right time to yeah as a, as a young boy um, <laughs> seeing a bunch of funny men playing a sport I didn't know. <laughs> there's some funny swearing in it, you know, like just bits. There's I remember there's a really it. funny line. Charlie Sheen Charlie Sheen delivers some amazing lines in it. Um, there's a there's one when. They go for dinner at a swanky restaurant. There's a lovely f- visual little joke there as well. You clearly have to wear a tie t- to the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And Charlie Sheen's wearing a vest and like a cut-off vet- like thing, a sleeve thing, and, and yeah, he's just got a tie wrap around his neck. <laughs> and, it's, it's, and he says, he goes, I feel like a, I think he says, like, I feel like a lawyer dressed like this. <laughs> it's a really funny <laughs> visual joke. Yeah. And um, But there's a, then they're talking about they, when Tom Berenger spots Rene Russo and it's like, it's his ex-wife. And uh, and uh, who's that guy he's with? And just very deadpan, Charlie Shingo, show me to take side and beat the shit out of him. <laughs> and I don't know why. <laughs> the delivery of that line, he throws it away so casually that it's a it's a really I, there's, there's so many of those moments. There's some funny slapstick bits, like the the old pitcher getting in the head of the bat after he drinks the rum. There's so yeah. there's like there's a lot of funny. The bit with the the you know what's his name? Um, <laughs> something gammon, the actor who plays the the coach grizzly yeah, yeah, yeah. that guy that's a way he just pisses on oh yeah yeah but he just takes a contract off dawn and pisses on it in front of it and it's just very the way he, again he does it so calmly and casually <laughs> i think I, I just i think the comedy in it really appealed to me when i was a kid it is quite silly and 
and um yeah it's not trying to be clever or anything it's just a i, I do like you say I, do, I actually do think that in it, it's a funny 80s comedy but it, it also has a very nice bit of pathos and a good sports film at the same time it's it got a lot going for it i think i think so and it also doesn't um a lot what a lot of sports comedies fall into the realm of doing is going let's go overly wacky with it and they don't do that in this. I think yeah. what they do is they go, let's give them all a little something, but they don't app, they don't overdo it. So like you say, Charlie Sheen is like he's a, you know he's a bit of a nutter. He's been in fights, but he's not. That's all he is. He's not one. No, yeah. same as with 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 Wesley Snipes. You know, he's sort of brash and he's cocky, but that's not all he is. And I think yeah, yeah, there yeah. are other films. To be honest, the first one that comes to mind because we mentioned it now is the replacements. <laughs> Sorry, Alice, where there are characters. It's like, oh, that guy's the. There's a character in the replacements. Literally, like that guy's the Welsh guy. Or oh, like what's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like he's what wiry. that guy? He's yeah. talking. He's <laughs> and he's wiry. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think I think there's lots to like in there. Okay, then, so let's talk about things that we perhaps didn't like about the film or that we change uh, about the film. Now, Alice, this is steeped in nostalgia for Carl, so I hope you're not going to break his heart too much like I did when you came on to talk about the replacements. I know, Um, I know. So what didn't you like? Because I think there's a few bits you've mentioned there. Is there anything massive? So, Carl, I just want to let you know (laughs) that one of the things that we try to do on this is to sort of be balanced about things and especially when we have a guest on like we're so happy you're here thank you so much for coming on i'm i don't want to shit all over your film i really really don't and i'm not like i don't get any joy out of doing that but i also need to be honest at the same time yes if you know what i mean but you might be able to kind of help me along with some of these points and you might be able to go oh well actually did you think about it this way and i'll go oh no i didn't thank you carl now i understand what's happening so Ultimately, for me, I just didn't find it funny enough for a comedy and it wasn't exciting enough for a sports film. So for me, the comedy felt like it wasn't written by experienced comedy writers. And due to the script and the delivery, a lot of the time I didn't know if I was supposed to take something as a joke or if it was being serious. And it just felt like a lot of the jokes fell flat and maybe went a bit over my head. So I'm going to take, for example, the relationship between Jake and Lynn. So Jake is kind of the main character. It is a bit of an ensemble, but he is quite prominent in it because he was this like hero baseball player back in the day. His ex-girlfriend is a woman called Lynn. So he is grossly inappropriate towards her. He gets right up in her space when she asks him not to. He cheated on her and then fucked off for three years and now he's demanding her time again. He turns up at her work, he turns up at her house and she asks him multiple times to leave her alone. He doesn't. He eventually wears her down and she has sex with him even though she's engaged to another man. So is that whole thing a joke? Like, is it is it sort of poking fun at how in most sports films the main character will always get the girl and it doesn't no, matter how bad he is? No, I don't think they meant that as a joke is. at all. I think right. they meant that as a true romance story. <laughs> do, do you um, think, right, so then I'm not into it. And I'm yeah. not into it. <laughs> I do think, yeah, I do think, um, you know, that the 80s were different times. And, um, yeah, of course, I, of course. <laughs> all you had to do was I, keep asking. Yeah, yeah. I, you know I, I, there is, um, <laughs> no, that is, I would agree. Like, in the things that I think have dated quite badly, I think his um, his his uh, refusal to accept that she is now in a new relationship and yeah. due to get married in a, in a, what, a handful of months 
that is probably one of the things. I'd say it's one of the lesser crimes, I think, in the film, if I'm honest. <laughs> for sure, for you sure. Know. But, but with the I other think, things. Yeah, there's issues. I do think there are parts of it that are dated. And I think the. Yes. The. some, But I was going to say some of the gender stuff in it, you know, would. But actually, you know, like there are some that like the like the 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 the, the, the head. What is it? The director who or the owner of the club? Yeah, she's the owner, a very yeah. like cool, powerful woman. I she's think Dawn's great. wife is her, super yeah. cool. Like that Dawn's wife. The moment she finds out he's been cheating, just goes and bangs Charlie <laughs> Sheen, uses him, and just it tells him literally as she's leaving what she's done, and yeah, then goes and just tells him really yeah. sly in his ear. Like I actually think all the actual female characters on the whole are pretty well you know grounded and sort of but i do think yeah that 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 relationship does feel something somewhat toxic <laughs> it was a little bit and it was just because like if it if it had been this sort of oh you know she's actually really happy to see him again and secretly she's really in love with him but she doesn't want to let herself but she asked him to go away so many times. Yeah. And I think I mean, if I do she think hadn't she done secretly that. was happy to see him. I did want to get back together, but, but she, I that's, what I, I just, that's what I got from it. I do, I, I just, did, but I do uh, think there's a they could have they've probably done that slightly better, I think. Mm. I mean, but yeah, like you say, product of its time, <laughs> it's fine. And, uh, but I just I literally couldn't tell. I was like, is that meant to be a, like, is it a joke? Is this part of the comedy? Am I reading too much into no. it? Or is it just a bit of a shitty situation? I don't think it's a meta take on <laughs> no, toxic right. relationships in Hollywood. <laughs> it's really, yeah, no. I, I, anything, I'm happy that you gave it that much credit. Yeah, no, well, you just don't know. You don't it's know. a bit early Bond. Yeah, it's exactly yeah, yeah. that. No Mr. Exactly Bond that. until... Because one thing I noticed what is I like, what I took from it, and this might be, you know, male gaze or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it, that is similar to call it, like, actually, she, she was fighting the urge herself. But what I did notice that is when they did get back together, not once does he apologize. No. Like, there's yeah, no, like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I, yeah, was, yeah. I was a prick. He shows yes. no remorse. It's just, I want you back, so then they get back together. So if they, yeah, did, yeah, want to, yeah. if they did want to improve on that, you could have, I'm really sorry, I was a bit of a shit, but now I'm not, and I really want you back. Yeah, that yeah. might have sweetened it a little bit for you, Alice. I don't, I don't know. But, yeah, but there, is a, there is one bit where they discuss, and he talks about how he's changed, and yeah, I do he's think red, there is a little conversation. He's red Moby Dick. <laughs> he's red Moby Dick. Yeah, you know, he's trying to impress him. <laughs> Come on, he's um, a, a sportsman. He's not, you know, he's built a different stuff. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'll let it, I'll try and let him off. Um, so I, I felt like personally that the excitement around the sport itself really struggled to build momentum throughout the film. And then a lot of the scenes of them playing were quite repetitive. And I appreciate that it's difficult in this instance because they're men to be, they're a terrible team of terrible athletes. So how, you know, how do you build the pace? How do you make it exciting? I don't know, right? But then when, and you already touched on the moment now, but the moment when the crowd are singing Wild Thing about Vaughan, that bit is so brilliant yeah. that for me it really just highlighted how not excited I was about right. everything else. So like when that bit happened, I was like, oh, this is sick. Yeah, more is wow thing. Like this is cool as hell. But then I was like, but where was that energy before? Like yes. all the rest of the way. I see. So that. I just needed a little bit more. Um But do you think that part of that is down to the fact that baseball is an incredibly boring sport? <laughs> But maybe like that's it's, it's it. It's so repetitive. And maybe and it, that's like it. The season yeah. isn't like normal seasons where you play each team twice or something. Like they play, they just constantly play each yeah. other, and it's really boring. The sport, like that's why you know everyone says, "Oh, you should go to a baseball game," and you're in America because you just sit there for four hours and eat hot dogs and eat talk. Hot dogs. You're <laughs> hardly watching it because it's just happening in the background. So right, I do actually okay. think I do think there's something about the sport that 
doesn't lend itself. Like you look at something like Moneyball, you know, Moneyball is a brilliant film, but I don't think the baseball part is a big, good part of it. It's almost like a, that's secondary, isn't it? Like mm. I don't think they portray the sport of baseball as if it's an exciting sport. So weirdly, I I would defend that in the state, in the sense of saying it's not an exciting sport. It's very hard yeah. to make it exciting. So it's actually just yeah. that they probably just went, let's just show it clip to it show they're doing well <laughs> and at the end have a really exciting scene with uh, you know with charlie sheen's character and then tom berenger's character and willie mays hayes is there anything that you have you watched it again yesterday or, or was it did you say yesterday or this morning or I, last night I watched last night it. so is there anything that you don't like about it obviously you've touched on there that some of the stuff has, has come on and every time you watch it it's a bit more yeah, problematic I think that's it I, I really like I really, none of, i've never ever had an issue with any of the casting the way it's made i really love the direction of it and uh, I love the music in it. It's very, it's sort of weird. It does make you, it feels like baseball music. I don't even know what that means. Like it just feels like the, <laughs> it's something you'd hear in that American baseball town. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, my only issues are always, I, every time I watch it, I find a new thing that makes me go like, ooh, <laughs> you know, just, um, just little moments of. What was it this time? Um, there was one. Oh, what was it? Oh man, I think it might have actually just been the um, the delivery of the line when they ask what religion uh, Serrano is. Oh, yeah. He goes voodoo, <laughs> and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so you know, there's like a few bits like that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I, I I think they had the the little problematic elements that are of their time you know there's something that they wouldn't happen now i would, I would hope and, and imagine but I, yeah other than that i'm I'm still after watching it last night i'm still confident it's a really good film that i'm mm. glad i like and it, I, I i think more people should watch it who might have been a little bit too young to watch it then Okay, so we'll move on then to talking about the uh, critical reception then, and we'll see if it is uh, underrated, underseen, uh, etc. Um, Alice, you've not seen, the, not seen the critical reception? I have not. I've managed to avoid it. Okay. Carl, have you seen it? I've not. I've, yeah. I don't have an idea at all about how it was received. Oh, I imagine it was probably exciting. quite... I don't imagine it was um, a critical smash, if I'm going <laughs> to, you know... <laughs> right, so at the t- I'm just going to double-check these scores because they... Sorry, you'll see why. Oh, interesting. Well, I'll in the in the interim, I'll uh, I'll do some guessing. So I reckon, I reckon, it maybe got like I think maybe a six. I was I was going to say like maybe a low six, but I think maybe just bang on six. What are we talking about? IMDb six. score. So we- six IMDb or sixty percent Rotten Tomatoes, and then we we sort of assess the two of them, the critics and the audience. I, average on Rotten it out. Tomatoes. Yeah. No, what I have yeah, checked six is sounds right. about right. <laughs> what I have checked yeah. is, is right. So uh, do you know what? I'll leave that in because we've never actually had to recheck the scores before based on what we've discussed. So, <laughs> so what did you both say? Then what did you both reckon it got? What did you think, Atlas? About six. So I so I think I think. I, I'm going to go with six bang on, but I, I personally would maybe give it a little bit less than that. Okay. Yeah. I, I would agree it's probably a six, and I would right. give it a higher score, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So at the time of recording on IMDb, it gets 7.2 out of 10, yes. or 72%. Wow. Okay. Um, and then this is why I had to Google it. Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it 83%. Yes. Wow. And the audience give it 84%. Oh, oh my God. 
is. What am I missing? What am I missing? It was a meta take on toxic masculinity. Says here, you were right all along. Yeah, says it. A great toxic take on masculinity. No, so it averages out at seventy nine percent, or just under eight out of ten. Wow. So. Well, um, I didn't are. didn't get any box office figures, but in terms of rating, I would say for me, that's We've about got right. Se- got two sequels as well, so it must yeah. have done. Must have I done think it, right, yeah, right? I remember it being a very popular film. Yeah, you yeah. know, everyone I knew saw it. Um, yeah. You know, but um, see, I, that's I, not I, how you base popularity. <laughs> I suppose it's, it's just, I, I, well, it, is. it was massive it is. in South West London, guys. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would say that's about wow. appropriately rated based on what I thought of it. I guess cool. do you think that's overrated, Alice? I do, yeah, yeah, I do think that's overrated for me. It's overrated <laughs> for me. But clearly, clearly, given those scores, given what you've both said, I'm missing something. I'm missing the thing that makes it magical. So that's fine. That's my that's my problem. That's what, fine. What do you reckon, Carl? Is that appropriately rated? Is it underrated? I think I'm happy with that. I yeah. think, you know, I'm not somebody's gonna lie and say it's the best film ever made or anything, you know, but I I I really love it from nostalgic reasons. But every time I watch it, I do also have those moments where I think this is actually a really well made film, yeah. a good cast. Yeah good ensemble piece and that's i find it very funny so mm. i think it, it ticks all the boxes to be a, a, a well above average sports comedy yeah and in, in terms of it being underseen i think they could make an argument that okay we haven't looked at the box office so perhaps it was it seems we've been fairly successful like you said it got multiple sequels but there's probably an argument to be made that people aren't going back and watching it now maybe yeah yeah, yeah. So people are people are seeking think, it um, out yeah it well, wasn't yeah, easy not... to find no, exactly. It's not. It's not on any streaming site. No. Do you think is that though because of the name of the club? <laughs> I thought that. I thought. I wonder if that sort of kind of tarnished it a little that. bit. <laughs> is it also because of some of the other racial elements in the film? <laughs> Just on a very on a very surface level um, look, it was made for eleven million dollars and it grossed seventy five million. Oh. So. I think did. it did quite well financially. Good. That's pretty well. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's pretty good. Mm. Yeah. So it's under. I'd say it wasn't underrated at the time, but I think it has sort of been forgotten. Yeah, I think that's a fair. I think that's by, a, I, by generations since. I think that's a fair shout. We should. We should see. I think more people should. Should more people seek this out, Carl? Absolutely. If you like yeah. a sports like film that is uplifting, but also funny, then absolutely. You know. This is the film that Moneyball wanted to be. Let's <laughs> <laughs> put that on the uh, on the streaming site if it goes back on. The film that Moneyball wanted to be. It wishes it was. <laughs> <laughs> this Moneyball's got nothing on this, Carl Donnelly. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, brilliant. Thank you very much for coming on, Carl. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been nice to uh, reminisce. <laughs> um, so where, where can the guys at home, where, people listening, where can they look out for your stuff? What have you got going on? Um, what well, I'm always gigging around the place, and I, I'm still just sort of sorted my website. Well, I'm starting the process of sorting my website out because I it, I lost control of my website last <laughs> summer. I was oh, a very busy period. I missed the emails about renewing my domain for three months. I missed those uh, emails, oh. and then somebody else I think snapped it up. So I had to oh, I basically no. had to redo my like website. At least in the process. So gig wise. Just go to Instagram or Twitter or whatever, and you can find stuff there. That's at Carl Donnelly. And I do a podcast around weekly. It tends to be weekly, but sort of we're both quite, you know, we've got families and things. So sometimes it does drift into 
like eight, ten days. But it's called TVI with a comedian called Julian Dean, and it's a very dumb, just weekly <laughs> chat with a guest. There's no theme or is purpose not, no. at all. It is just, we literally walk into the studio with no prep, and we just start talking and then hope that it's funny for the period of time we're talking. <laughs> We we could try that, Alice, but I don't think we'd uh, get very. I'm fast. definitely not funny enough, mate. <laughs> yeah, we don't, have, uh, have you watched the film? Nah, just <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> be bothered. Uh, brilliant. So we'll make sure that we put everything uh, in the episode description and post things about your podcast and all that. And if your website gets up and running, we'll bang that out as yeah, as, as, as well. Um, thanks very much for coming on, man. It's been really no, nice to chat. Having. It's been Carl. really fun. So yeah, thank you very much for Carl for coming on. Check out the episode links for all this stuff there and do check him out. You will not regret it. Um, we'll be back next week, won't we, Alice? We will indeed. How yeah. exciting. <laughs> we'll be back with another episode, another film to talk about. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're all the social medias. If you just search for just films and that on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you'll find us. We're always putting stuff out there. Get in touch. If you want to suggest a film, then uh, suggest the way and we'll, we'll add it to the list. We're also on Patreon as well. If you're interested in a little bit of bonus stuff, extended episodes, episodes a day early, a few other bits and bobs, get over to patreon.com forward slash just films and that. And uh, any support you can give us is massively appreciated. We're also on the television, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed. Me and Josh are on the local TV network every Friday from 6pm talking about all our favourite underrated and underseen films. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. We're also on Daily Motion because I've started uploading the episodes to Daily Motion, guys, if you know what that is. So if you search just films and that on there, you can see what it is exactly that we're doing. How do you make a podcast? Go on TV. TV. I don't know, but we did it. I found a way. And the videos are there for your viewing pleasure. Oh, there you go. How'd you do, how'd you do it? Well, we sort of make it up as we go along, really. That's exactly uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you very much uh, for tuning in this week. The fact that you listen is, is massively appreciated. Thanks again to Carl. Uh, and we'll be back next week. Uh, it's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.